Hey everybody, it's Christina Caramo and welcome to It's Solid Food. So guess what? In Denmark, they debuted a children's show about a man who has an uncontrollable penis and rescued children with his uncontrollable penis. You heard me correct. And that's what we're going to talk about and the cultural battle that's raging in our world and how ultimately everything is a spiritual battle just raging in these different spheres in our society. I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. And welcome to It's Solid Food, where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. On yesterday's episode, I talked about what happened at the Capitol. I'm I'm kind of exhausted with the whole situation because it's just, it, the reason why I'm exhausted is, you know, oftentimes in society, we ask, like people get really outrageous and call everybody Hitler. Everybody's Hitler. So when everybody becomes Hitler, nobody's Hitler. And the reason why the Hitler story is so fascinating because Hitler actually never killed anybody himself. He just had other people to do it for him. And the fascinating thing about it is you wonder how people like that rise to power is because mass disinformation. And oftentimes it involves the unfettered demonization of other people. And I talked about it yesterday on the show. Like conservatives, we're not, even though we're, we get irritated with our friends and family members and our countrymen who continuously vote in these left-wing politicians, our frustration isn't with you. Though. Our, first, our real anger is that these corrupt politicians. But you've been brainwashed into hating us. Um, and it's really unfortunate. But I, I said what I had to say. You guys will continue to be brainwashed into hating us because you believe what the TV tells you, you believe big tech. You believe that there cannot possibly be an orchestrated effort to defame one person for another reason. You think the end goal is the person. That's so foolish. It's not the person. The end goal is taking you down. <laughs> and I've provided tons of evidence. I've been censored myself. And I'm not the only person, so I'm not trying to make a hero of myself. But tons of us who've been providing tons of evidence for the stuff. We've been censored and our videos removed from social media giants. But they're not doing this for any reason. They're, they're, just, they're just trying to protect the public and make sure that only true information gets out to you. You, you can't be that stupid. If you are, I, I, I can't help you. So I've moved, I'm moving on from that topic simply because politics is one arena where the spiritual battle rages. There are multiple arenas where the spiritual battle rages. You know, we talk about Ephesians 6.12. You know, we know that we're not wrestling people. But oftentimes, like, you know, I was reading someone that I know saying they're dealing with the demons attacking them. Spiritual battles rage in so many different arenas. Sometimes the spiritual battle rages even something as small, not small, but something as personalized as your individual life and the choices you make and how every day you're confronted with decisions of whether or not I'm going to be obedient to God or I'm going to be obedient to my fleshly desires and my fallen nature. That's a constant battle we have every day. And so politics is just another arena where the, the spiritual battles of America rage, and not just in America, but anywhere in the world. And one of the reasons why we as uh, Christians, especially those who are vote for conservative politicians, I mean, I'm, I'm a constitutionalist from the fundamental, my fundamental view of how, gov how the government should be ran and the responsibility of the governed us 
and the and the freedoms that we should have and that ultimately we should have absolute say so over who governs us to protect our freedoms and liberty that's a one area um also i'm very big i'm a nationalist as far as i'm really big into all nations and not just as an american but to me as a human citizen i'm very concerned about the 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 rapid speed trajectory we are to global governance which is going to be extremely dangerous that means we don't have much say over who rules over us it'll be somebody in another country you don't want that you want control to be as localized as possible because that protects your voice and and, and a lot of people aren't seeing this because they trust that the news media will tell them what's important if you have the philosophy that other people are going to tell you what's most important instead of you seeking out what's important yourself you're in big trouble you're in big trouble. And so to me, and the the un, un, irrational hatred of Donald Trump and his supporters is just so you will welcome this globalist system with open arms. It has nothing to do with Trump's demand. But many people refuse to, even if you disagree with my contention, they refuse to actually listen to my contention. They just rather make these, take these ad hominem attacks because they're too lazy and ignorant to actually think about a different perspective other than their own. And that's what's going on. So that's just one arena. And one of the reasons why we fight so hard for these conservative politicians is because typically not many of them are frauds. Many and many of them. I heard like a report that Kelly Lawler's husband was brokering deals with the CCP while Trump was stumping for her in Georgia. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, what, what, when I say the CCP, I'm talking about the, the uh, uh, China Communist, um, Chinese Communist Party uh, with some one of their a business that they, of course, they control all the businesses. And he was brokering some type of deal, you know, from what reports I heard. I have to confirm those. I'm, just, I'm saying I be, the, the source who said I truly, truly believe somebody I know personally, but I need to, of course, independently confirm those. But if that's true, I mean, this just reveals what we're talking about. We, we talk about how our, our, our legislators are screwing us over. I don't care Republican and Democrat. They are royally screwing us over. And that COVID stimulus bill is evidence of that, of, of just epic proportions, how they are screwing us over. But you're angry and fixated on one man when these people in our legislators have been screwing us over for years and years, stealing our money. They're laundering the money. Um, these stupid projects like that anal toilet, like it's literally a toilet that our Congress people now, and then this is where I criticize the Republicans in Congress. You guys are all up in arms about these two thousand dollar stimulus checks, but you were mighty fine with sending money to the building of smart toilets that detect anal prints. So basically, they want to create toilets that can recognize you by your anal print, folks. That is absolutely insane. That's completely insane. It's completely grotesque and it's bizarre. And it's just another way for government control because I can't understand why any human being would purchase a toilet that can identify them by their anal print. So to me, the only logical conclusion is that this is another way to surveil us in the most private and the most undignified manner. There's no logical reason for this. I don't know why would anybody buy that for their home? Why do I need to be identified by something like that? Again, it's really undignified. But this, and, and Republicans, they didn't, the only person I heard talk about it was uh, Rand Paul. So that, that goes to show you that there's corruption on both sides of the aisle. There's dishonest traitors on both sides of the aisle, and they all need to be rooted out lawfully. And that requires Americans to be united. But if we are distracted by stupidity, then and we won't we don't see who the real enemy is. And that's that to me that is a problem. That's why I said my frustration is very minimal to my democratic relatives or liberal or whatever they want to call themselves, friends and family is very limited. I am more saddened by their refusal to see who the true enemy is. That's what I'm more saddened by. And even some of my conservative friends, you know, it's not just that, you know, we can just go to Democrats, Democrats. 
it isn't just him, okay? There's Republicans and they're taking wheels and knives in our backs as well. So I say that to say that that's a major part of it, right? It's a major part of the political struggle. But also a lot of it is because the federal government has so much control over what is permitted in society, what's normalized in society. And if you pay attention to the West, the West functions as one big brain. So what happens in one Western nation tends to trickle because of the philosophies of what leftists in the West they trickle all over the entire Western world. So what you'll see in Australia, even though Australia is in the Oceania, still, is it, there's still Western mindset, right? It's an offshoot of Western Europe. Um, in England and America and Canada and, and Norway and all these countries, you see similar ideologies creep around. And so what happens is oftentimes you'll see situations where the governments will permit the most ungodly things and it's like they just get away with it. And the, but the reason why is because it's a downstream of culture. A lot of the, the fights that we have in the political arena are just simply a downstream of the culture. And so this is where I feel like this has hit fever pitch with what's going on in Denmark. So in Denmark, there is a children's program um, regarding a, it's a new children's show about a man who has a large uncontrollable penis and he rescues children and finds himself in his position precarious situation with his uncontrollable penis. How is that permissible? Every person on planet Earth should be outraged by that. Who would create something like that? Who would agree to airing something like that? Or who in the heck will let their child watch something like this? The normalization of pedophilia is, is coming. And, and, and what's very frustrating for us is we look at a lot of legislation. And when we see it coming down, this is where I talk about politics so much because there's a lot of legislation that is opening the door for pedophilia. In America. So even though you could say, well, this show is in Denmark, why do I care? Because leftists, whether they're in Denmark or if they're in Detroit, they function the same. They behave the same. They have the same ideology. That's why you'll see the similar similar behaviors. Okay? Because in, in America, you see the push for pedophilia also. I've talked about it multiple times, legislatively speaking. Actually, I wrote one of our, in Michigan, I wrote uh, my state representative an email angered at this sex education bill. So first, I'm going to tell you about this uh, this TV show, and then I'm going to get into this. Um, I'm going to get into this entire foolishness of this sex this sex education bill. And the reason why I I want to point this out because you guys can really kind of see that intersect there. Where many times these um, many times these uh, political fights are just really just an extension of these cultural battles, and you can see that ultimately the culture war is really the most important war we fight. Now that again, that's a subset of the um, that's really a subset of the spiritual battle. Of course, it's, and I'm looking down because I'm trying to pull up this email so you guys can see what I'm talking about. That's why I'm looking down. But it's really a subset of the spiritual battle. So even though I say, you know, verbally that the uh, um, that the culture war is actually our number one fight that we're in, that isn't an attempt to diminish the, the, the number, the true, true, true number one fight is a spiritual battle. But I, my point is that everything is ultimately a spiritual battle. But one of the, the top ways this, the spiritual battle manifests in the physical world is the way the top battle, where this this spiritual manifests or breaks it out 
and the physical world is in the culture war. Does that make sense? I, I'm pretty sure it does make sense to you. I'm trying to pull up this uh, this email here because I really want you guys to hear this. Um, and I, it's funny because I didn't think about it until I didn't think about it right away. I thought about it uh, while I was recording the show. I said, "You guys, so you can, so you guys can just hear what I'm talking about. You can." Uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. But it, it was uh, basically a legislation. It was a bill to amend uh, sex education standards in Michigan. That's what it was about, and the amendment to the bill would permit um it would permit some really foul things to be taught to the children in in the in the schools and i've tried to i tried to warn people about it but nevertheless let me move on because i don't want to hold up the segment any longer than i already have looking for this particular bill um that's fine i'll i'll, I'll figure it out so in uh, Denmark, this uh, children's show, Denmark debates a children's TV show about a man with a huge and uncontrollable penis. And it says, Denmark's flagship broadcaster has suffered blowback over his newest children's TV program, John Dillerman, an animation starring a man with a penis so massive and flexible it can save children from danger, fetch objects from a river, and operate as a pogo stick. The show, whose 13 episodes are available to watch on the DR's network website, follows its two... Titulary character as he navigates an array of unexpected scenarios caused by his inexplicably huge genitalia. In episode one, for instance, the mustache Dillerman uses his gigantic striped organ as a lead for his dog, but quickly finds himself inuated with requests from his neighbors to take their pets out for a walk too. At another point in the show, he's stuck floating in midair after balloons are tied to his groin. In another episode, he breaks friends break a friend's vase with his penis and must raise money to pay them back. And in a third, he uses it to steal an ice cream at the zoo. The show's opening montage also shows him using his genitalia to keep a lion away from a group of children. A steal from the program showing one of the numerous misadventures of Dillamart suffers as a result of his genitalia. And this picture here shows him hanging upside down with balloons attached to his penis. The show has generally been met with hilarity in Denmark and across the internet, with many praising it as appropriate and lighthearted ways to teach children about human anatomy. So this show with a man and a gigantic penis is supposed to uh, teach children about. Uh, it's supposed to be funny. It's it's supposed to be funny. Let's keep going. Uh, um. But some took issue with the main character's central trait. Danish politician Morten Messerschmidt, a member of the right wing. Haha, this is, you see why we always say left and right? Now notice, as this is like, this guy is right wing. So the person who is angered by the show of the man with the giant penis is on the right. He's a right winger. Interesting, right? Um, the right-wing Danish People's Party said children should not be forced to watch a cartoon depiction, depict the cartoon depiction of a male's adult man's growing. And a handful of parents have taken a Facebook page of DR Children's Network, urging them to remove the program. 
A spokesperson from the DR told CNN that most of those who criticized the program did so without even having seen the show because it wasn't released yet. Um, I don't need to watch a show to know it's inappropriate. I don't certain things I don't need to see to know. Um, I don't need to to see it to know that is 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 inappropriate, and I don't need to see. Um, I don't need to see the show to know that you shouldn't have a program about a man who saved the day with his penis to know and does odd things with his penis to know it's appropriate. Uh, the girl's going to say, now the great majority here in Denmark are making fun and a few critics instead, Sarah Cecil added, hundreds of millions are supporting John Dillerman now. In Denmark, it's a huge, it's a now, it's now a huge success and the children are watching it in big numbers. She's telling CNN and 200,000 people have viewed the first episode. In the network's online description of the show, they state that while Dilma genitals get him into embarrassing situations, it can be used for good once he embraces that he is different. DR is Denmark's oldest and most well-known broadcaster and was founded by a member of the European Broadcasting Union. The network is funded by the taxpayers, making it the Danish equivalent to BBC or PBS. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on in Denmark, folks. And I wish I wish I had put, I'm not going to waste any more time trying to pull up this email, but it's basically an adjustment to the sex education standards in Michigan to make them more uh, at ease to teach children about different types of sexuality. And I'll get to that in just a minute. So this, this is what we're talking about. So this show, see, children don't need to think about certain things. You know, the thing about sexual desire is that once that beast is awakened, and I call it a beast, uh, and, it's, and some people take issue with that, you're, you're trying to, uh, your connotation is, is, is somehow uh, some suggesting that it's negative. No, sex is a wonderful thing. It's made by God. Um, everything we uh, about us in many regards, and not our fallen nature, but our sexual desire is necessary for the survival of the human race. You can glean from scripture on multiple occasions that sex is a beautiful thing. Like eating is a beautiful thing, right? But when it's done within the constraints that God has put for us, it is wonderful. And everything we do is a way. When we make children, we are glorifying God, okay? Even when we strengthen our marriages through uh, healthy sexual relationships, God is still being glorified because we're uh, protecting and we're nurturing that union that he has created. You know, God created the family before he established the church. And that's so important. God really values the human family. So when we make a mockery of the human family in this way, and somebody said, well, we don't make a mockery of the family in the human way. We, this this shows teaching people about being different. Why he have to have an uncontrollable penis? Why not a hand or a foot or a toe or a nose? Why, why not? Why couldn't he have an uncontrollable nose? Why couldn't he have an uncontrollable arm or hand? Why, why his, why his genitals? You know, this, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. And people want to say, oh, you know, Denise left this because they like, oh, well, you guys are just trivializing sexuality and blah, blah. You guys are making it more than what it is. You're stigmatizing sexual development. And so this is why we get to points like in Michigan. I told you guys before when I was on the sex education board, when I was on the sex education board in Detroit. They want to teach five-year-olds about different types of families that some people got two mommies and two daddies. There's no person on planet Earth that has two mommies and two daddies. They're mom and dad and their lover. There is no such thing as a person with two mommies and two daddies. That is just factually incorrect. That's just factually incorrect. 
And there's no reason to teach a five-year-old that. Why are they coming from the sex education board? Because the goal is to change children's perception regarding sex. And it to really, it's about, it's a satanic agenda. And this is the thing about Satan that people really need to understand. Satan, people, a lot of people who follow Satan don't know what they're doing. A lot of people don't wake up today and say, hello, hello, Master Lucifer, what can I do this evening? It doesn't work like that. Okay? Most people who follow Satan don't even know what they're doing. They don't know. Now, there's some stone-cold Luciferians out there. There's some stone-cold devil worshippers there. Uh, let's not get it twisted. But most of these individuals have no clue what they're doing. They're just following their own mind. When we rebel against God, we're necessarily following Satan. Anytime you willfully, anytime you rebel, and even if even if you don't know you're rebelling, anytime you do or go against what God wants, you're ultimately following the ultimate rebeller, if you will, which is Lucifer. Now, they want to teach this to children in the kindergarten. Why? Why is it coming from sex education? Then, according in, of course, in Detroit, sex education, they also want to teach kids about exploring their sexuality, gender identity. No, and I objected. I objected. I, I objected very hard. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, why are we teaching the whole point according to Michigan law? And that's why the Democrats in Michigan are trying to amend Michigan law. Because Michigan law only allows for absence-based education. Because the point of our, per our bylaws and per Michigan law, is that the sex education is to only be, um, excuse me, sex education is to be the purpose of pregnancy prevention, lowering teen sex rates, and prevention of STDs and STIs. So teaching kids to explore their sexuality and, you know, maybe you want to have sex with a boy or maybe a girl, maybe both. Who knows? That has absolutely nothing to do with any of this, right? So if they're able to open the floodgates on what qualifies or what's permitted as sex education per this Michigan law, which I, I wish I had pulled it up beforehand, but it just popped in my head to talk about it. If they can amend what they could teach per this Michigan law, then then they can open the focus and teach kids all kind of stuff. And it could be something like what we've seen going on in Denmark. You know, and, and since that network in Denmark is a state, is state sponsor because it's funded by taxpayers. So that's state sponsored television. And this is what they're showing little kids. Okay? And, and this is what I'm trying to tell you guys is these political fights are start with the culture war. So we're primed in a culture to accept immorality and wickedness and ungodliness and depravity. And then when it starts to be legislated, we're like, oh, it's a big deal. I mean, why not teach a 12-year-old about exploring your sexuality? <laughs> What's the problem? Because we've been primed by the culture to accept the legislation of this. And that way it can be taught to all the children. Because many parents, you know, many parents don't pay attention like they should. Uh, many parents don't have the option. A lot of people say, well, you got a homeschool. Every parent don't have that option to homeschool. Every parent can't afford 10 grand a year per child for private Christian education. For every parent, that's not an option. What if you're a single parent? How you, it, it, it just, a lot of that stuff is not sustainable. So we have to fight these fights in the political arena, not just for our students. I know plenty of parents who homeschool who still fight these fights. Yeah, their kids may not be impacted by some of this legislation, but guess what? Other people's children will be. This is why we fight so hard in politics because of stuff like this. And I, and I wrote these emails complaining, said there's no reason to teach this kind of stuff to children. There's no reason to teach little kids to explore their sexuality and gender identity. There's no reason to teach a child that homosexual sex is healthy and safe. I have made an episode 
one of my first episodes going over all the statistics because the fact of the matter, and this is just a biological fact, and that's one of the things they try to play with science. People say, I support the science. We really need to flush out what that means because one person's ideas of, I support the science, and another person's ideas of support the science is totally different. Whenever somebody says the science is settled, that's false. Science is always changing, always different perspectives on what's what is true or not. And a lot of times people impose their worldview because you have people saying, oh, it's safe for two men to have sex. Negative. Even women who have sex with other women, most of the time they still, they, they have higher STD rates than heterosexual women. Homosexual women still have higher STD rates for a variety of reasons. But when you get with male-on-male sex, one of the reasons why it's easy to identify because the nature of the act requires penetration um, from parties using other parties' uh, organs. So it, it causes more disease spreading. But I did in one of my episodes the breakdown of the massive, the massive, just the sheer nature of the act, S- STD rates. You know, for example, it was like one, it's stuff, CDC statistics, and you can't say there's some right-winger stuff. No, no. They, like, for example, 83% of all new syphilis cases in 2014 were men who had sex with men. 83%. See, one of the things that kind of corrals heterosexual people from being too promiscuous is the reality of chi- of children. Whether you're pro-abortion or not, there's always something that's in the back of our mind. Like, okay, if I go to sex with birth, well, it looks nice and all, but I get pregnant. So that's part of one of the reasons why um, that prevents heterosexual people from being as promiscuous. But when you're dealing with um, same-sex sex, they don't have that worry. They ain't got to worry about getting pregnant. So it's like, whatever, I'm down for the cause. Um, also... Just with the men, the nature of the act of anal penetration is extremely harmful. They're more likely to get anal cancers. And then I, I broke down about HIV. It's one of my early episodes about how HIV is more easily transmitted with anal sex, especially um, because of the way semen functions as an immune suppressant, all kind of stuff. I mean, this is just this is just evidence. I mean, it just this, you can't argue with this. I mean, in two. Uh, the anus is singularly lined where the vagina is dually lined because the design of the vagina is not uh, the vaginal opening. I'm um, not just the vagina. I need to use the proper terminology, but the vaginal opening is designed for penetration. And so it is dually lined and, and it self lubricates and all the stuff where the anus is designed for just excrement. I mean, it's just all kind of stuff. But yet you got Detroit public schools want to teach a kid that it's safe for a little boy, a young man, and it's safe for him to have his rectum penetrated. I mean, this is ridiculous. But this is why we have these political battles. This is why we have these massive political battles. Because if you think of like Luke 17 2, the scripture Jesus says, it's better that you put a millstone around your neck and be thrown in the sea than to cause one of these little ones to sin. So now you have politicians who want to use the power of the federal government to legislate the morality and compel you to make your children participate. And you have a lot of these liberals who want to do away with homeschooling. They want to do away with Christian education. You have the human rights campaign that's lobbying Joe Biden to shut down Christian education. So if you can't do Christian education, you can't have uh, put homeschool your kids. Now you're forced to throw your kids in these government indoctrination camps because that's what our schools have turned into to government indoctrination camps. So you're forced to throw your child in one of these government indoctrination camps and you're forced to have your child be exposed to all types of unbridled wickedness that these Democrats and liberals want to teach your child. And this is what we're talking about. So when people just go, oh, you guys are just obsessed with Trump. Shut up. The Holy Spirit caught my tongue because I feel like using some cuss words right now. But I just want to say, just shut up. No, this this is what I'm talking about. Now, I just laid, I could show y'all the emails. I could show you I have all the evidence of what they're trying to teach kids in Detroit. And Detroit isn't the only place I have one of my classmates from Biola 
who's a pastor in Washington, was posting last, it was either last year or like in 2019, I believe it was 20, at the end of 2019, about some of the legislation they were passing in the state of Washington where he lives. And in Washington, they already passed legislation where kids can get medical treatments without the parents' knowledge. Kids can get all kind of transgender therapy without the parents' knowledge. California, they passed a bill where minors can get a double mastectomy. And Washington, D.C., they passed legislation where kids can get vaccinated without the parents' knowledge. The child can choose to have medical rights. So when the kids have bodily autonomy, and we're going to start saying kids have the bodily autonomy to get transgender treatment, logically, how can you say kids lack the bodily autonomy not to have sex with adults? You can't make that claim. If a child has the bodily autonomy to get transgender treatment, then necessarily logic will dictate that that child has the um, the uh, um, the biological the the, uh, the the word escapes me right now. The child has the ability to consent to sex, and kids are being taught to think about sex at younger and younger ages. And this is and a lot of this is a result of the culture. And because the culture pushes this in the arts and entertainment sector, and the arts and entertainment sector is just so ungodly that when it comes to it being legislated, the public just goes, oh, yeah, that's great. See what I'm saying? So those, so when you think of arts and entertainment and you think of politics, those are, and not just the education and family life, all these are all spheres. They're spheres within themselves, but they're spheres that crash into each other. And when they crash, like a little bit rubs off and they influence one another. And so this is how we have a public that's kind of like, eh, you know, my kid isn't trans. But then because of what your kid watch on television, because of the people you listen to, if your kid come home, your, your 13-year-old or 14-year-old comes home and say, hey, I want a double mastectomy. In California, legally, they can do it. I don't, I, let me say, they're, I don't know if they have officially passed this law or they're just in the process of passing this law. But this is crazy. This is, this, folks, this is crazy. This is kind of ungodliness I'm talking about. Then, then to make uh, matters even worse, and not worse, it's all bad, but in in, in Wisconsin, um, there are tax dollars going to a man who was convicted of raping his own daughter. I'm talking about a pedophile. This man raped his own daughter, and they're going to give him transgender surgery. I don't care if he was in there for a drug offense. It's, we have no business using tax dollars to pay for people transgender treatment. No business. No business doing that. But there have been multiple cases. One I know in, in Europe. Um, one I know in Canada. I'm pretty sure it was the case in the United States as well like that. Where you have these men who claim to be transgender. They are put in women's prison facilities. And then, and like I know, and I was listening to this case recently. I was listening to Uncommon Knowledge, which is um, a publication uh, from the Hoover Institute. Uh, not a publication, but a podcast the Hoover Institute puts on. They had this man on there talking about how in Europe, this guy was in the women's prison raping women. And the media blacks this stuff out because they're so heavily invested in pushing this transgender treatment. One of the things about liberals and the left, you have to understand, they're very big on social engineering because they reject God. They completely reject God. There, again, there's people that are conservatives and people on the right who are not Christians or atheists, all kinds of stuff as well. But part of left-wing ideology is the rejection of God. Uh, it's not a, necess- a necessity in the right, on the political right. It's, there are people who are reject God, but it's not a necessity. Part of liberal and left-wing ideology means to reject God and to reject Jesus Christ. Even though there's people who are Christian 
who identify as liberals and identify as Democrats is because they don't think these things through. They just focus on race, race. You know, they just do that all day long. So they don't take the time to educate themselves on any other topics at hand. Nevertheless, um, nevertheless, I kind of lost my train of thought what I was saying about oh, the social engineering. So they're very big on social engineering. So they want to take people and mold us in a way they think will create the best society. Instead of what the word of God says, the problems that precipitate in our society isn't because of categories and victim and oppressor and all this other crap they want to come up with. And a lot of it is, is pure Luciferian as well. I don't want to just make it seem like all oh, this is misguided ideology. A lot, a lot of people are like Luciferians. That's another uh, issue um, at hand. But I want yeah, watch my episodes idea about with Good Fight Ministries. Uh, there, what they talk about Satan sex sex scheme, and check out their website, the Good Fight Ministries, where they did like a four part series talking about Satan sex scheme, and and you'll see exactly why I said what I said. It's not conspiracy. A lot of people like to call you conspiracy theorists. Y'all can kick bricks because it it you you just don't. These are things that you feel uncomfortable thinking about. So that's just a cheap way of dismissing another person instead of you actually taking the time to think about what somebody had to say and the evidence. So um. Nevertheless, instead of liberals and the left actually acknowledging the word of God and, and the problems in our society precipitate from the wicked human heart, they feel if they could just socially engineer everybody, then we'll have this utopian society. That's, that's what's going on. And one of the best ways to start social engineering start when they're children. So they just want to socially engineer everybody. And so uh, part of their social engineering is permitting and supporting things like this. And so this individual with our tax dollars who raped his own daughter is going to be permitted to get transgender surgery. And we keep seeing this stuff. And that's why you have these people who act like there's nothing wrong to allow biological males to compete in women athletics. That is completely crazy. As a woman who plays sports, and I still like to be physically active to this day. I don't, and I am a very tall woman. I am six feet tall. I don't care if that man was five two. Nine times out of 10, he could probably beat me up because men are stronger, they're faster, have more muscle mass, denser bones, more fast twitch muscles, they have more lung capacity, they have more hemoglobin in their blood, all kind of um, physical advantages that give men athletic supremacy and physical supremacy in regards to strength and speed. And that, and agility as well. And so that means that they could physically dominate us, you know? So for you to sit here and put men in these spaces because they think they're women and we can just socially engineer everybody into accepting this and socially engineer everybody into making it work, it's completely crazy. And they want to use the power of the federal government to do this. This is why we fight. <laughs> and for you to say, oh, no, it's your support for white supremacy. Holy Spirit, stop my tongue again from saying what I want to say. Ooh, let's move on. So, again, the culture war is what allows this kind of stuff to be normalized in our society because through the arts and entertainment, they push this stuff and then the politicians legislate this stuff. And then people accept it because they've been primed by art and entertainment world. So let me bring in the greatest book ever, the Holy Bible. Okay. And, you know, the church has the responsibility to cry out against this wickedness. We as Christians are supposed to be speaking up and see one of the problems in our society. Hold on now. I feel my little soapbox sliding to my feet. One of the problems is, is that in our culture, we don't respect the Old Testament. See, when you look at the New Testament, people love the New Testament. We see the love of God. We see the grace of God. We see the mercy of God. We see, oh my God, God is so merciful. He has so much grace. And he does. One of the things you have to remember is God is not a composite being. 
God is not, he's simple. He's simple. What do I mean by simple? Not God is simple in the way you think it of people are simple. But what I mean is God is not a composite being. So he's not like a Lego character where you could take off wrath. You could take off justice. You could take off mercy. You could take off this. You could put it all kind of how you see fit. He's all the things equally at all times. And a part of God, nature, is wrath. <laughs> the wrath of God. And for some reason, most of churches in the West, y'all love, God is going to give me my breakthrough. God is going to answer that prayer. He's going to deliver me from this trouble. He might. Sometimes he might have just sit in it. Sometimes it's a bigger way for him to be glorified by you sitting in it. We, are, we exist for God's glory. Not for him to rescue you from your problems. We exist for his glory, not yours. And so we're so consumed with that that we forget that a, that part of God's nature is his love, his mercy. When I say part, even our language insinuates composite nature. God is not a composite being. I can't say it enough. But also, part of, not part as in part as in, you understand what I'm saying. But I'm saying a part of who God is, part of his, one of his characteristics is his wrath. But in the New Testament, people like to just read the parts of his love. But Jesus talked more about hell than heaven. Jesus talked about God's wrath. We just like to hear about God going to deliver me, answer my prayers, and how when there's two of my, when, when more two people get together and God is in the midst, he'll answer. That's Y'all love that part. But when it comes talking about his wrath, oh, no, 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 because I don't feel comfortable engaging in willful sin. friend of mine said, you know, we're supposed to be walking in, in righteousness, but there are periods, rare periods of sin repentance. That's rare. That's supposed to be a way of life. But people fear to study the under Old Testament and see the wrath of God is why we feel comfortable engaging in rebellion while still professing the name of Christ. Okay? And I have talked about it before. I've been guilty of that myself. I've been, I've talked about, I've never, and I've said before, the life of a Christian is one of repentance. I've never pretended to be like, I'm just a Christian. I just always, no, no, no. I'm sure, I know it's people who probably got some stories to tell about Christina. I know it is. Just hope you don't. <laughs> but I've come before the Lord and I repented for my transgressions and I have moved on. But it's just true. Okay. And so I say that to say, because if you read when, when Israel was put into captivity, you know, often, many times, the prophets came and called the people to repentance. And they came to rebuke wicked governments. We're going to move on from that. But he, they came to call the people to repentance for their wickedness. And I've many times cited Ezekiel 9, where it says, Now the glory of God of Israel, 9.3, has gone up from the cherubim to which it rested um, to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed in linen, who had the writing cased at his waist. And the Lord said to him, pass through the city, through Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations that are committed in it. Then, after that, it says, uh, and the others, he said to him, in my hearing, pass through the city after him and strike. Your eyes should not spare. You should have no pity. And if you go down in uh, verse 6, it goes on to say, kill old men outright, young men, maidens, little children, and women, but touch not the one who have this mark and begin at my sanctuary. So the wrath of God starts with the people who profess the name of God, but are complicit in helping the rebellion against God. 
we as Christians are to speak up about this wickedness. But most churches, they just want to tell you how to live your best life now. Instead of calling you to repentance. If you go to church and your pastor never addresses the fact that you're calling people to repentance, you need to pack your Bible and leave now. Because that is a fake church. They're just a self-help service. You can do that somewhere else. Now, I'm not saying churches should address other realities of life, whether marriage or family or um, money management, other things to help people. Because God addresses all that in the Bible as well. So there's nothing wrong. Say this Sunday, we're going to talk about how to how to live financially prosperous. God talks about those principles. Those principles are in scripture. How to have a blessed family. Those principles are in scripture. So there's nothing wrong with the pastor addressing that. Please don't get me wrong. But what I am saying is that is not the primary reason that we congregate in church on Sunday. That's small. Our primary goal for congregating in church on Sunday is so the pastor can help us, give us information to keep us encouraged on being obedient and living a life to glorify God. That's why. But when the pastors and churches in America refuse to crawl out against wickedness, then we got a problem. Because many of the issues that many of my Christian friends are turning to the government to fix, that's the job of the people of God to fix that. When God commands his people to address these issues, but you rather turn to a government who hates God, you got a problem, baby. You got a problem. And so also this leads me to turn to Isaiah 5.18. And Isaiah 5.18 says, Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of falsehood, who draw sin as a cart, as with a cart ropes who say, let him be quick, let him speed at his work, that we may see it. Let him counsel the Holy One of Israel and draw near. Let it come that we may know it. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Now I'm going to stop there because there's more that could be said about that, but you can see that we're supposed to go to the word of God. We're supposed to see what God says about what to do in certain situations of our culture. But what you can clearly see these people, these not just these people, these cultural influencers, these politicians, these people in education, they want to turn to their own knowledge. And the things of God, which God said it is good, they're like, oh, no, we know better than God. We know what's good. And you have Christians who are giving these people power because they claim they fight for justice. That's because y'all got idols. I was going to do an episode called Victims and Vice and talk about how there's people who made an idol of their vice and people who make the item of being a victim. And it's why that gives them the comfort in supporting ungodly people. And I'm not saying that necessarily these right-wing politicians or conservative politicians are all godly. A lot of them are evil. It's all outdoors. They're liars. They're thieves. They're sex offenders. All kinds of stuff. And no, nobody is denying that. What I am saying is when you look at legislation and party platform, which one in their platform cause to rebel against God. There you go. But you have made an idol of being a victim. You've made an idol of your vice, so you don't care. But the reason why I talked about the wrath of God, because the wrath of God is real. The wrath of God is very real. But we just like to talk about mercy and justice and all that other kind of stuff. But even when you talk about God's justice, God's justice demands that his wrath be expressed. You know, the thing about it is when you read about Ezekiel and you read Isaiah and you read all the different things, the prophets, 
And the major prophets been lamenting because Israel has been put in captivity. Why was Israel put in captivity? Because they rebelled against God. They broke covenant. Um, I can't. I think it's in Isaiah um, where you know I've heard people criticize how the language that is used of describing Israel's behavior is like that of an adulterous wife, because they broke covenant. They made a covenant with God, and they broke the covenant, and they felt the wrath of God. But only people who feel the wrath of God aren't necessarily the people who call on his name. But the judgment begins, like we saw in Ezekiel 9, with the people that call on his name. We've got to fight this culture fight. Uh, there's multiple reasons. One, the souls. The souls who are being brainwashed into being rebellious against God. I've pointed to many times in the New Testament over and over again. That you cannot live in a repentant rebellion against God and make it to the kingdom of heaven. The soul of man is far more important than the body of man. It is. And if we do not take care to nurture and to help one soul and bring souls to Christ, we are not uh, fulfilling the great commission in Matthew, uh, I think Matthew 18. I made it Matthew 23. I'm sorry, guys, if I forgot for a second. But, you know, and not 18. It's Matthew uh I'm sorry, Matthew 28. Matthew, yes, Matthew 28, I apologize. Um, but, you know, the Great Commission tells us in Matthew uh, 28, 18, it says, and Jesus came and said to the all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold i am with you always and to the end of the age so jesus commands us to <laughs> do this so how are we gonna go spread the gospel if we don't cause the world to repentance but how do we do that that starts in the culture fight because the culture has way more influence over people than anything else tells us what to like what to not like what to dislike what's in fashion what's the style what we should care about all this stuff so I encourage all my Christian friends to stand up, be brave, be bold. That's why, and I end my show, I say, be brave, be bold, because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. It's not because we're so great. It's not because I'm so wonderful. It's not because I'm so holy. And all. I'm just, oh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm holy. <laughs> no, because I don't want people to go to hell. I just don't want people to go to hell. That's it. I don't, I don't want nobody going to hell. I don't. I deserve to go. It's because of grace of God that I'm not. Because it's mercy that I'm not. Because the blood of Jesus that I'm not. And I want the same for you. So when we call out the culture, when we call out the things that are happening, it's not because we're so righteous, not because I'm so holy, not because I'm so good. Because I don't want you going to hell. All right, folks, thanks you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to It's Solid Food. You can check me out on all major podcast platforms. You can check out my website, www.ChristinaCaramo.com. YouTube and Facebook at The Christina Caramo Project. Instagram at Caramo the Great. That's Caramo the G-R and the number eight. And on Twitter at Rise Phoenix Fly. I keep saying I kind of condense all these names, but I, I got 20 million things going on if you knew. Only if you knew. You will know soon enough. Ooh. I mean, I got some things that are in the works. Kind of condensed, move some things around. I just... Boys moving and flowing. That's me. So thank you. God bless. And remember, 
Be brave, be bold, because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told to tell.